passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Am I upset about WrestleMania? No. Am I upset with The Undertaker? Hell yeah. You can ignore me all you want, but Undertaker, the second you ignore these people, you are a dead man walking. Hey, Undertaker, it's, it's obvious that you left your hat in the ring, but it's clear to everybody here that you left your balls at home. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV, it's rewind around. Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind the run for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Hello and welcome to Rewind a Raw. I'm John Pollock along with Wei Ting, and it is officially WrestleMania week here at Post Wrestling. Uh, do you feel it? Um I feel the caffeine that I'm probably going to be getting used to all week long. Are you just, like, adjusting your schedule now, or are, are you, like, set for mania timing? In what sense? Well, I mean, like, staying up for, uh, I don't know, 14 hours, 15 hours at a time. Wait, that's every day for me, yeah, essentially. I guess so. I feel my, my sleeping is probably weirder than yours now. Yeah, almost. I almost. Would, I, could, I could imagine, yeah. It's going to be a very long week, mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to quite a lot. What's happening? Let's let people know. Well, let's just dive into things, because uh, this week it's going to be uh, the biggest week uh, of our short history here on the site. We are going to be heading down to New Orleans on Wednesday, and then really everything gets started on Thursday for us. Thursday night is Wale Mania at Republic New Orleans. Way and I are hosting the podcast panel. Uh, Some of the personalities that are set to be in attendance, Mark Henry, Dave Meltzer, MVP, Mm -hmm. Sean Mooney, and then the two of us. Fan Q&A? Yeah, what are we going to talk to them about? I don't know. I'm going to give Mark Henry some post-wrestling stickers, maybe. Sure, sure. That's going to happen on Thursday night. It is our only live show down in New Orleans this year. So uh, if you want to see us uh, do our thing live. Marty and Sarah are going to be there? Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to a lot of you down there uh, at Wally Mania after and before our show. Yeah, hit us up for a sticker. Yeah. And then afterwards, that's when the fun really begins. Okay, Friday, what's going on? Friday, uh, we're going to get our car rental. The, the Enterprise, yeah, of course. That is. Do you remember the last fun. time we went to New Orleans and that's the time we got the car that we had to pull over to the side 
and there was a problem with the car. Do you remember that, where there was a problem on the highway? I do not remember that. We that, had, that was New Orleans when I bought the, the little pen with the tire? I'm pretty sure that was New Orleans. Oh, wow. Okay, well, let's not hope for that this anyway, time. Hopefully it goes better this yeah. time. But the real fun begins yeah, after that. Uh, Friday, we are going to be going to three events all in a row. Uh, starting off with, my God, my, uh, what's the first Rev show? Pro. Rev Pro is yeah, the first Rev show. Pro. I'm excited for that. And then we are going to be going to the WWN Super Show, yeah. followed by Joey Janela's Spring Break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people going to Joey Janela's Spring Break. Uh, it's year. a lot of people are going to that event. Yeah, it's yeah. done really, really well. So at the end of that big day, uh, John and I will actually, in between all these shows, John and I will find some time to just talk about our thoughts so that you guys will feel like you're right there with us. And at the end of all these evenings, we will upload just basically our road trip diaries up yes. there for all of you to listen to. So that's Friday. And then Saturday. Saturday, we've got, uh, well, the big one is the Supercard of Honor event. But prior to that, we're going to progress earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. So that, I'm looking really forward to that show as well. So if you want to follow along with all our kind of road diary uh, podcasts, uh, those are going to be going up Friday and Saturday. And those are going to be available to anyone that is part of the Post Wrestling Mm -hmm. Cafe. So if you sign up this week... It'll be as though you're on the road trip with us all week. There will be lots of shows and mini reviews coming your way. It's like you're riding in the back seat, and you'll probably be really sick of us. Uh, so for those of you who uh, read our Patreon update for the uh, month of March, uh, I mentioned there for Double Double patrons that uh, the, we were going to try out uh, Lens, Patreon Lens, which is like Patreon Snapchat feature. I've, come, I've since come to realize that that feature is basically uh, not... Uh, it's basically available either for the public or for patrons, period. So we've decided to make that uh, available for everybody uh, who is a patron, no, no matter what tier you're a part of. So you'll be able to see us and basically, you know, join us visually for the, the trips as well as uh, with the audio podcast. So there you go. Six yeah. bucks and we hope you... Have your money's worth by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the weekend continues. We are going to have some free shows up on the site, including uh, an NXT TakeOver post show with Braden Harrington and Bartender Dave of Up Next. Subscribe to Up Next. Yes, they have their own feed you can subscribe to. They will have that up late Saturday night. And then Sunday, Way and I will have a full, thorough rundown of WrestleMania which we will be attending. We will be there. We will be in the stadium. Yes, we will. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That is a, all the stuff that is coming up this week. Um, is there anything I'm forgetting, Way? Postwrestling.com. I will have, uh, I, I don't think I will be having my usual daily updates, but whatever news is happening and notes, I'm going to be trying to get as many updates on the site as possible each day. Follow at Post Wrestling throughout the week if uh, anything changes and if we have any more announcements to make while we're down there. Yes, and follow at Post Wrestling Official on Instagram because oh. now Way has got this on my phone. So this week, I'm going to go to town oh, boy. with instagram folks all i've right. given up on my personal instagram i'm just going all in on no your personal post wrestling one your personal one's great well that is all the stuff you have to look forward to this week are you ready way yeah yeah pretty ready yeah you've had a rough weekend are you uh, okay uh yeah no i'm fine okay i'm fine that's yeah. good yeah i'm all right you want to hear a crazy story before we get into sure. raw sure. okay so friday was a holiday uh it was good friday mm-hmm. and i went to go work at a starbucks and I went to, you didn't get a job. At no, 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 no. I was just working at a right. table wow. at Starbucks. Shit. I would be, I would not be opposed to I work. I think you'd be great at that job. I, hey, I've always thought of like working in a coffee shop would 
I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not lying at all. Be living the gimmick. Yeah. So I'm working. And then all of a sudden, one of the baristas, she just starts screaming and runs to the back. And I'm like, what is going on here? And all these people are standing around this section where, you know, when you'll go in, there's the lineup. And then there's the side of the where the where you pick up your order, where you yes. pick up your order. Yes. So as I'm piecing this together and kind of asking around what happened, some woman was there with a child, like a three or four year old. And I see them leaving the Starbucks. She had bought a coffee or a tea of some sort and then had some problems. So she goes to the side and I guess they were telling her that she'd have to get back in line for whatever she needed. So she threw her drink on the barista. Holy shit. Cops got called. Paramedics yeah. got called. Of course. These, everyone is like standing around this woman. They're like, that's assault. That's assault. Hot coffee. Yeah. It was like, yeah. who the hell would do that? Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Wow. You stayed for everything? Well, I didn't see it actually happen. Oh. And I thought maybe they were going to like question me or something of like what I saw. But I really, I saw none of it. It was all just the aftermath and wow. the screaming. This was crazy. Amazing. Then when the cops came. They asked to see the receipt, and I'm just thinking in my head, you could not have a better turnout to the story than if this woman had bought a tea or a coffee with their credit card and then fled the scene of a crime. <laughs> could you have imagined? Absolutely. I didn't get the conclusion to the story if that happened or not, but it mm. was crazy. So it was, uh, that was my Good Friday story to share with well, you. Well, Starbucks can do that to people. I guess so. Well, we have uh, no time to waste. Let's get into Raw. Monday night, final Raw before WrestleMania. Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. And we started off with Jonathan Coachman in the ring with four empty seats surrounding him for the opening segment face-off. Stephanie and Hunter came out first. Lots of boos in particular for Stephanie. And they walk down to the ring. They stand. They stare up. And we got the double point. The double point. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. It was great because yeah. the look on Stephanie's face was like, hey, Paul, look where they put it this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. It's on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then Kurt comes out, followed by Ronda Rousey. And then we got like a breaking news scroll across the bottom of the screen. And this would be a frequent appearance all show long because there was one goal. For this particular episode. It was not selling any one particular match. It was the big push was that if you're a new subscriber, you will get WrestleMania for free Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And they pounded the drum as they want to get that number as high as possible when they announce it next Monday. Because last year, when you combine the paid totals with the free subs, it was... It was something like 1,949,000 that mm-hmm. they couldn't round up to 2 million. Oh. So I think 2 million, they just they just want to hit that mm-hmm. 2 million mark. Mm-hmm. Even if a significant amount of them are free uh, that have no intention of keeping this service. Hmm. Uh, but This is not that unusual, though. I mean, I, I, I'm talking about something like a Netflix where if you sign up, you can get your first month or free or something like that. So no, probably it's probably worth trying. I don't, I guess so. It's just, I watch this and just knowing how easy it is to get a free month, I feel stupid that mm-hmm. I'm someone that pays for this every month. Yeah. Just get a new email account and you can probably. Get it's not thing. hard. And they, yeah. 
honestly, they care more about just the the actual number mm-hmm. rather than the whether you're a paid or free subscriber. Now, do you think the majority of people who already have accounts are going to go through the trouble of re-signing up just to save $10? No, but I think it encourages people to drop it for times when they... As opposed to just letting it lapse and be a reoccurring fee, I think it encourages people that if you're not down to watch all the pay-per-views, by all means, cancel it, and then you can resubscribe I imagine, down the road. I imagine this, you know, these concerns are probably things that they've, they've talked about uh, and considered, but even despite all this, they probably think it's worth it to get that number inflated. If you can entice a, a huge amount of free subscribers this year mm-hmm. and a strong percentage of them keep the service. I mean, that's kind of their strategy now, but it's been kind of diminishing returns over years where they've tried this free Hmm. uh, model. Do you feel this year, uh, given, I would say the two biggest factors to this year's WrestleMania are Ronda Rousey and Brian Danielson. Do you feel that that's enough that it's going to entice someone that would not be getting WrestleMania otherwise? Ooh. Or are we tapping into an audience that I, this is this is the amount I mean, that are getting the network? You're are you, you're asking if if those two acts are enough to bring the casual viewer who's not necessarily a week to week or even year to year WWE fan? Do you think they're going to move the number mm. this year? Uh, so, yes, I do. Yeah. Do you think it'll be above two million overall? I'll say yes. Why not? All right. We'll what find do out. You think? I feel they'll hit 2 million. I think they'll just go a little bit over 2 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about wrestling being as hot as it is, granted, a lot of it is not just the WWE, but I think a lot more people are talking about wrestling right now to pique a lot of people's interest with the name like a Ronda Rousey and this Daniel Bryan guy who's coming back after three yeah. years. This this number will show yeah. what kind of influence Ronda Rousey has had because that mm-hmm. was always the belief was that her pay-per-view numbers were... Like, when they would break them down, these were people that were not buying any other UFC pay-per-views. It wasn't... Like, if you had the Venn diagram of Conor McGregor buyers, uh, UFC buyers, and then Ronda Rousey buyers... Like, Ronda had her own audience that she was bringing to these UFC pay-per-views. Is is the average Ronda Rousey follower who would buy one fight or two fights a year going to sign up for a wrestling streaming service to watch her do a pro wrestling match. I feel pretty far removed from that type of fan. So I We're very I far removed from yeah, that. Yeah. So I don't know if I can like speak for, you know, the type of person who would see Rhonda on an Ellen episode and, you know, would that person take a chance on this nine ninety nine WWE network thing? I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Hard to say. If this were if this were on traditional pay per view mm-hmm. I would think this year's show would do really well. Yeah. It kind of feels a bit like the WrestleMania of 10 years ago where you had Floyd Mayweather got all of the attention and focus. But in that final week, to me, what felt the most important was Ric Flair's retirement, where it was Mm -hmm. the wrestling audience that was really captured by that story, even though Floyd and Big Show was presented as the Mm -hmm. number one match on that show. I feel like that that role is sort of played by Daniel Bryan this year. That's exactly what it is. Is yeah. Daniel Bryan to me feels like the It's a real story. Yeah. yeah. And I think Ronda though, I think well, the tag match has been built very well, mm-hmm. but I think those those are the two I would say key draws this year, Ronda they're, and Bryan. They're obviously confident enough in those two names and and as well, you know, probably in their opinion, opinion Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns uh that they didn't even feel the need to confirm the Undertaker on this show. Yeah, we'll get into that. So the face-off begins with Coach about to take viewer-submitted questions as we were going to get the 
WrestleMania go home social media lounge. Mm-hmm. Hunter cuts him off, which immediately uh, one points in my book. He notes how everyone's chanting for Ronda. And then Stephanie makes fun of the audience for being too slow to get their chant going for Ronda. And Hunter says that you won Olympic gold with a frickin' broken neck as Hunter just frickin' mangled this term. He said that he's never understood the intelligence part of the three eyes involving Kurt Angle from the day he met him. And he ruined Ronda Rousey's signing and has set her up for embarrassment. Rousey asks why they are two-faced to have signed her with ulterior motives. Stephanie says how Ronda isn't polished, but she will be rebuilt after her loss on Sunday. I kind of like that line that Stephanie keeps going back to about how... What does it mean, though? How do you rebuild somebody? It's just the idea that she's talking about Ronda as this commodity. I know. As this brand that we are going to break down and then we are going to rebuild in our image. But it's not a real threat. Like, the stakes are supposed to be real for a match like this. And I don't know what that entails. Will they change her nickname? Will they give her a makeover? Do they have the rights to do that? Did you see her interview with uh, with Brett Okamoto last week? No. So she did it. Um, by the way, for all the criticism people had of Ronda's interviews at ESPN, they owe it to themselves to watch this one. It's a 30-minute sit-down, and she clearly has a good rapport with Brett Okamoto. And she was also there with uh, Lazy the Savage, who's like mm-hmm. her photographer. So she was so much more relaxed right. in this setting. And one of the things she mentioned was the fact that she is just getting bullet points to go out there. She doesn't memorize lines. And I think that comes across on these. Mm-hmm. So getting back to my point on Stephanie, maybe that's going to be how they break her down. Is after, If you lose, you're doing scripted, scripted promos promo? every week. Yeah. You will lose your individuality. I feel like that's kind of maybe one of the shortcomings of this particular feud is, you know, um, Stephanie has, you know, that constant threat of rebuilding, but we don't exactly know what that means. So do I really care to see who wins this match? Uh, I think that they've they've established like a pretty good kind of personal issue here with with Ronda and Stephanie. Like I don't really. But what does the winner get? It's just like it's a grudge match, okay. and I think what you, the 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 big spot is is the armbar that mm-hmm. they they've held off on. It's just you know Stephanie and Hunter they're power hungry and they're going to get theirs on Sunday. Hmm. I think it's fairly straightforward. Uh, Stephanie says that they signed her because she's a big star. Kurt works for her, so does Ronda. She's Ronda frickin' Rousey. This was our second frickin' of the promo. They keep going here, and Hunter talks about how Ronda has a big learning curve ahead of her. Stephanie says everyone in the locker room is going to learn to respect the authority. And then Kurt defends Ronda. He says that Ronda Rowdy is the baddest woman on the planet, which I guess that's, that's going to be her character in GLOW. Stephanie says that she's going to lose in her first match, And we all know, the world knows how you handle losses. Great line. I've been waiting for them to to dig that up. Yeah. Rhonda comes back asking if Stephanie is right-handed or left-handed so she can still write her checks after she rips her arm off. Mm -hmm. And then we had the pre-match photo op, which Coachman couches by stating this won't be like boxing where it gets out of hand. It's going to be classy and professional. It won't be like boxing or UFC. Did he say UFC as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, WWE do the, does their photoshops with class. And Angle has to get in between Stephanie and Ronda as Ronda's just dead-eyeing her. And from behind, Hunter nails him with the microphone. Ronda grabs Hunter by the throat. And then Stephanie 
ever so gently lifts her and then puts her through the table. And that was our big physicality on the final uh, show. I thought the segment overall went pretty well. I thought Rhonda, you know, acted decently. Um, you know, her line wasn't delivered like crystal, you know, perfectly crisp, but it felt real. The audience popped before exactly. the the punchline was there, like, and that was kind of like you couldn't have predicted that. And I didn't think it hurt it at all. No, like, I imagine what Rhonda would sound like at a UFC press conference, and she could have very well, you know, had the same type of delivery there, and it would have worked perfectly fine. Um, I thought the table break looked really fake and was a little bit too much. I thought if you're going to do physicality with Ronda, mm-hmm. go all the way and do something that's going to be shocking to people. Chair. Spanish like, fly off the apron. <laughs> Whatever. Right. But like, I think I was into it. I was into the stare down. I thought they were, they were all really great for that. But the table break was something that I had to like, haha, laugh at. Because, you know, imagine that Ellen fan watching raw for the first time imagine ellen watching this sure uh i think i thought the rest was you know you're already pretty skeptical of like oh ronda rest she's doing this fake wrestling stuff now but i thought the press conference felt good felt believable table break was just one of those oh my god look at this ridiculousness now that the build is done i i really think that they they missed the boat on on kurt in this whole thing i think his best week was in that that feature Sure. Like, just playing off Both of the features were excellent. Yes, both features were tremendous. Mm-hmm. But I think Kurt, he has really just... He's come across as the goof in this whole thing. I, I hate to say it, but you kind of have to blame Kurt for some of that. His performances don't exactly show him off as this, you know, incredibly talented speaker. I just think a, a lot was lost in not making... Like, I don't know how much they have planned for Kurt beyond this, but this is his first WrestleMania back. Yeah, that, it's, that's it not should, mentioned... Like he is really just the the goofball commissioner that almost makes Ronda look silly, be just being aligned with this guy. And I really wanted that that big promo from Kurt. It never came. I don't think they trust I, him to do a I, promo. I don't trust Kurt to do that lengthy promo. You know, uh, I feel like at this point, I mean, you've already had your big Kurt return match, uh, two return matches, right? He did Survivor Series. That's correct? right. Yeah. So. I, I feel like that's less of a draw, and really the whole spotlight of this match will, is around Ronda Rousey and her finally tagging into a WWE match for the first time. So, um, could they have done a better job? They can always do a better job. I'm not saying they hit a home run here, but I think it's, you know, it's it's good enough. I get that. Kurt and Hunter, they're background players in this yes. feud. Like, this is really Ronda versus Stephanie. Yeah. That's what the match yeah. essentially is. Now, seeing the table spot, do you... <sighs> How do you see the match taking place? And especially, you know, what I'm concerned about is what the Stephanie-Ronda interaction is going to look like when the two of them actually have to be in there. Well, I would I would certainly build a lot of the match around Angle and Hunter because that is the strength of Kurt. Oh, yeah. In 2018 yeah. is just yeah. doing the match. Yeah. And I would, I would space out the spots with Ronda. Like, it, it can't just be... The hot tag and, you know, sell and armbar. Like, she has to be involved in this. So there's probably going to be some moments where it's not going to be, you know, fluid. I think you're going to see, like, we've just seen, like, the timing of Ronda. Like, it's just, she's brand new to this. I don't care how much training she's done. It's What I don't get, though, is I feel like of all MMA converts, the Ronda Rousey wrestling character should be the easiest 
one to transition to because her MMA fights are simple. She grabs hold of a person, throws them, puts them into an armbar. That's all you have to do. And granted, in a wrestling sense, audiences might be a little upset if you do something like that uh, constantly. They might feel a bit robbed. Uh, but they could tease that. They can hold off on that. And I, I actually feel if they had just done a singles match with Ronda and Stephanie and you just had Stephanie just berate this woman and she's just out of control and it builds and she's tapped out in 35 seconds, I don't think people would reject that. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't hate that either. But, but I, this is not going to be a 30-second match. This is going no. 12 minutes minimum, Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I imagine it very similar to how Braun Strowman's been treated in the Mixed Match Challenge, where basically, you know, uh, Braun Strowman is, is kept in the corner the entire time because the moment that Alexa tags in, you know the match is over because it's Braun versus whoever, and Braun usually destroys the other person. So they will keep Ronda from tagging in for a long, long time, with the constant tease that the moment Kurt touches hands, this match is over because Stephanie has to come in. So then we uh, got some highlights of the uh, Brian and Shane feud with Owens and Zayn. They tried to weave in uh, a number of the SmackDown matches that are coming up on Sunday as well. They continued to plug WrestleMania very hard for the new subscribers. Bailey versus Sonya Deville with the women's trophy on the floor. Did you have any different conclusions to getting to see the actual in-person trophy? It definitely looks better in person. Um, doesn't, at least to me, doesn't make you think about it. Uh, what 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 people are saying that it looks like as much as as like a flat two D image. Um, I mean, you know, in the end, it's a trophy. I'm kind of curious what a Mubla trophy would have looked like. Do you think it's in the uh, the warehouse somewhere? Yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, like, Andre kind of has, like, a nice... Like, he makes for a, a, a good statue. You know what I mean? He's got a very kind of, like, um, you know, unique uh, action figure uh, of a shape. Mula less so. But I, I guess they would have made made it look look nice. So this match, they were trying to push over push uh, Sonya's more, more of a mean streak mm-hmm. towards her. Bailey went for this reverse off the middle rope. And I don't know exactly what they were trying, but they just tumbled down to the mat together. Mm-hmm. Bailey was hyperextending her arm. Sonya hit her with a right hand out of the corner. They went through the break. Uh, Bailey hit a high cross, and the announcers criticized her for not going for the cover. Sonya bails to the floor to regroup with Paige and Mandy. Back into the ring, Bailey ducks a kick and rolls her up for the victory, prompting Mandy to jump in, so they're attacking her two-on-one. Sasha runs down, spears Mandy, sends her over the top, then Bailey sends Sonya over the top. They stare at one another, and Sasha tells her to raise my hand. I just saved you. And grabs Bailey by the face, and Bailey snaps and attacks her as Absolution then returns and lays both Sasha and Bailey out. Aside from the little flub in the match, I thought I thought these two had a pretty good match. It was very quick paced, engaging throughout. I wasn't bored. I was impressed with Sonya. And, you know, clearly she was told to, hey, be a bit more aggressive. And I thought she showed it. Um, I think the Sasha Bailey feud continues to be pretty strong for the women's division. And it's, you know, it's surprising that they would, I think, put this much effort into a battle royal feud, what is essentially. But um, it makes that... That'll roll a lot more interesting. Why did Sasha come and come to Bailey's aid here? Like we just did this yeah. massive attack last week on television. What was the point? It was almost like we're going to back I, two steps where she's still yeah. trying to play to Bailey and have this fake friendship. 
Yeah, I think it's 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 Saucer saying, "Hey, you need me, you know, so I'm better than you." All right. Well, they are in the battle royal. They brought up the fact that Atlanta was the home of Michael Cole's WrestleMania victory in 2011, and then we had a feature on Oscar and her undefeated streak, and we got the numbers video for her. 908 days later, she is undefeated. If you don't count tag matches, four ways, and battle royals that have aired on television, uh, 265 wins, 35 different women. Now I raised an eyebrow at that. It's like 265 wins, yeah. 35 women. That means of her opponents, she has beaten them on average seven and a half times <laughs> per person. How is that? How big the the women's roster is uh, across NXT, SmackDown? And and I guess Raw really just... I mean, that's got to be the scope of the NXT division of opponents she had Mm -hmm. and the Raw division since she was called up last fall. Yeah. So that's probably it. If you're considering house shows, it's not that unusual, right? Yeah, it's just just kind of funny to look at that. Just beat all these women just several times. I mean, is the New Japan... Like stat, no, it's it's probably even more that yeah. um, for some of the all the multiple mans. Um, anyway, they go over all of this. They noted that being a sole survivor at the Survivor Series and winning the Rumble, she joins The Rock, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Roman Reigns. So the key is that if you have an R, a dominant R, <laughs> Asuka also broke that trend by wow. getting into this exclusive club. Hmm. And... It ended by saying 908 days with no end in sight, which, man, this voiceover, what disrespect towards Charlotte, not even giving her a chance. Like, wouldn't the end be, that's exactly what's in sight. That's the whole point of this feud Hmm. is that the streak is in danger in the same building that saw another big streak end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there you have it. That's, I feel this is going to be a sleeper match on the show that, I feel it is going to get some time, especially after seeing the length of WrestleMania. It's currently listed on the network, the main show, from 7 till midnight. Five hours? Five Jesus. hours plus two for the kickoff. Oh, my God. So this could be usually the first half hour of the kickoff is nothing, and then the first match gets in the ring around 5.30. Oh so you're looking God. at six and a half hours, potentially. And they could go past midnight. Yeah, it would not yeah. put it, I would not put it past them. I, I really don't mind as long as the matches are good. You know, I'm, I I hope that these two get a lot of time to tell a story because I think it's it really is the, the best match you can probably make in the entire division right now. And uh, I've yet to see a great Asuka match on the main roster. And uh, it's kind of hard for me to think of like the last great Charlotte match either that's really matched, I think, a lot of uh, what we've seen of theirs from NXT. So... I hope these two really finally get a chance to tell a big story on a big stage. Then we had Coachman talk about the Miz and Maurice. They were expecting their baby this Friday. But, Coach says, when I think about WrestleMania, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and Monroe Sky Mizanin was born early. Yes, the Lord sat down as he looked (laughs) at Maurice's pregnancy and said, you know what? I'm going to move some stuff around because WrestleMania is coming up. And yes, the Lord gave them their baby early. Yes, Coachman. That was, that's how the Lord works. I'm not a religious person, but I, I, I don't know if that's Come exactly on. how the biological clock ticks. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not. I'm really. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it really is 
because like you know the whole I think the whole thing about with the uh, that that Miz and Maurice show is really like we talked about the culmination of that show probably being WrestleMania and Maurice's due date being so close to it. They'll probably intercut Maurice being in labor with uh, the Miz. Miz is looking at the watch. Like he's in the match. He's like you know, uh, two count. Two counts would like be like kind of you know pushes. Um, anyway, now they can't do that, but I'm sure they'll find another creative way to end the season. Yes. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. The Miz comes out for commentary, and they played this up like this was a surprise that he was here. So. Con, I, I would be, don't you think? Like, being on the road so soon after, like, your, your wife gave birth? Uh, when, when did they say the baby was Tuesday. born? Last Tuesday? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, at least it's been a week. I was going to say, like, didn't need to be on this show. Let him stay home for eight. I think for a go-home show, you need his presence. And also, like, he was kind of on commentary here debuting a new side of his character. Yeah, he, he was completely, like, likable here. He's babyface. He is Father Miz now, who, who like, has a daughter to fight for. His baby literally made him a face. <laughs> that is right. He describes his daughter being born, how she stopped crying when he held her. It was impossible to dislike this Completely, man. Completely, yeah. And he even learned how to swaddle. What is that? Where you, like, you, you swaddle the baby in, like, the... Like, you just, like, like... Like what they sleep in. Oh, like this. This 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 motion. No, it's an actual, like, material that you wrap the baby in. That's called a swaddle? Yes. So the act of swaddling is wrapping you've got the baby? To, yeah, you've got to, like, secure the arms. Oh, okay. They can't sleep with their arms free for the first couple of months. Wow, thanks. Yep got an expert here yeah, you got the sleep sack and all that <laughs> stuff michael cole asks the miz if having a child <laughs> will alter his in-ring style <laughs> it's like yeah i'm gonna be doing a lot more chain wrestling now because uh you know what i i gotta be aware of concussions and i don't think that's a crazy question don't you think what <laughs> how would a baby change your exactly in-ring like, style? exactly like what you said if somebody was like a hardcore brawler not to say the miz is okay but if somebody was like somebody who who took crazy risks you're probably less likely to take crazy risks the miz is also like his gimmick is like he's the safe wrestler yeah. who <laughs> he's gonna be more daredevil like now yeah yeah rollins goes to the floor there's a running kick from balor and cole asks who will build momentum and we went to this, like, semi-commercial break. We had a picture-in-picture picture mm-hmm. that was part of the actual program, so we got it in Canada, which you don't get with the USA feed when it's traditional commercials. This was not that, though. This was not, like... This was the WWE's own yeah. production yeah. choice to do a picture-in-picture plugging the Styles Nakamura promo, which mm-hmm. I thought was really clever. Yeah, I think so, too. I- I'm surprised they wouldn't do this for more of the pay-per-views. And they did the waiting break spot because for this entire promo Balor remained in a rear chin lock yeah they just like barely moved yeah Balor starts his comeback which Graves notes he's building momentum Miz adds momentum is what it's all about Miz asks if one of them had left commentary for three weeks and they came back they'd be better when they returned because they'd be well rested like Miz having the last week off Graves says well coach was gone for 10 years he's still not good Rollins then hits a suicide dive and Balor pretty much took a no-touch sling blade. This was about as close as you could get to Rollins, like, grazing the head or the forehead of Balor in executing this sling blade. Miz starts calling this one of the best matches he has seen this year, confirming he is not a New Japan World subscriber. Balor hits an enziguri from the apron, and 
you know, this match was just kind of going along for me, and then all of a sudden the crowd just fell in love with this match. I thought it was actually really good, but because it was broken up with commercial breaks, I think for us it's a little harder to get into. But I, I don't doubt that if you were there live, you probably would have loved this thing the entire way. Balor kicked out of the knee. Miz says this is only going to get better at WrestleMania. Rollins goes to the top rope, and he's getting ready for the frog splash, but he just can't help but look at the sun. He stares at that goddamn sign, splashes, met with Balor's knees, Balor cradles him for a two count. Then Rollins on the floor grabs Balor and teases the buckle bomb into the into the barricade, mm. the SummerSlam spot. Yeah, really good. Yeah. It's almost like a spot. You should, I would have saved that for Sunday. Like that they that might. little callback. Yeah. Um, coup de Gras misses. Then the stomp misses. Rollins kicks out of an O'Connor roll and hits the stomp on his second try, pinning Balor. Really excellent match. Final really like couple good. of minutes down the stretch were really strong. Yeah, this almost felt like the match that these two likely would have had at WrestleMania if it was a singles match. Uh, it was that high quality. They got so. 22 minutes here. They're probably mm-hmm. not getting 22 minutes on Sunday. Probably not. And they're teasing that like how, wow, if, if you like this, imagine what it's going to be like when The Miz is there. <laughs> it's going to be so much better. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. Although I think they will, you know, they'll probably get... I wonder if they'll get more time, actually, at WrestleMania. Than, 20 minutes? Yeah. Ugh, I don't think not, so. Eh? I think they're um, going to be rushed. I think they'll get, mm-hmm. like, 14, 15. But I think it's going to be a hot 15. I think they're going to go into near falls pretty quick. Yeah. I think this is going to be a very good match. So, seeing how Balor lost here, do you think it paves the way for the Demon? No. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. Because so? Finn Balor has been in the company now for a couple of years. And this is his first WrestleMania. Who knows what the rate these guys, you know, wrestle if if he'll get injured again sometime. I think you only have so many Finn Balor WrestleManias. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as like a warning, but I'm saying if you are presented with one, do the big entrance. I want to see the demon. You could do it. You don't really have yeah. to have a, a, a build up to it either. Mm-hmm. It can be unexpected. I actually don't even mind them not announcing it ahead of time. Good surprise. Yeah. yeah. He'd have to win, though. He should win then, yeah. if that's the case. But it doesn't hurt the Miz's streak he's got going on. It's not a consecutive streak. So. It's not, and I think it's kind of like, like it's a fun playoff of like the Okada thing. It's like Miz comes up short and his record is halted by mm-hmm. that. Like he, sh- he shouldn't break this record, yeah. uh, at least now. Yeah. You're right. It's not like a consecutive record. Yeah. Then they promote the kickoff show, which JBL is going to be on the panel at some point. They are going to put both Battle Royals on the kickoff, mm. along with Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. So, Randy yeah. Orton's on the main show, way. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, we talked about last week about how the, the, the Battle Royals could act as good buffers in between some of your more dramatic singles and multi, multi-man multi matches. I don't hate this. It's totally fine. It seems more I like... I kind of like that they're getting the yeah. two Battle Royals out of yeah. the way. Yeah, exactly. They feel like things that, that are there to, to you know... Uh, make sure everybody kind of gets their little moment, but there. I actually hope to see more of kind of like a you know uh, new Japan type of card structure where you have the least interesting matches all the way up to the most interesting new Japan matches. UFC. It's like no one does this kind of mm-hmm. well. The audience has to come down kind of mentality, and it never hurt. Like look at what we watched on Sunday. Like it, it didn't hurt that show. No, yeah. I, I when I saw this, I was kind of like, yeah, let's get the battle mm-hmm. rolls out of the way. Um, nobody like. Neither Battle Royal, to me, has any interest. No, I disagree. I think the Sasha Bailey thing is, is pretty good. You're interested in that feud. I'm, yeah. You know what? At most, we're getting a progression with one of the two. Uh, well, mm-hmm. with, with the feud. But I can't say the Battle Royal in and of itself. I 
hold any interest in. What I'm happy about is that uh, Cedric and uh, Mustafa are going to headline, quote-unquote, the kickoff, which I think will be great because I don't think the arena will be empty, completely at least. It probably won't be empty at all if they're going to, you know, lead right up until WrestleMania. So, uh, hey, Mustafa Ali's been cutting some great promos. He uploaded a new one recently on WWE. Another really strong promo. Really strong. Talking about how he's going to stomp the heart is it he is, is he the heart he is the heart yeah he's gonna stomp the soul out of cedric yeah. and then it's just the man that's left yeah. it was a very good promo the heart stays in the body but the soul can leave i love it it was really good there it. is zero excuse for not airing that in its entirety on 205 live uh, yeah i think they will uh does it change your- last time they cut it down to, it's like it, what what are our constraints on 205 live well it's really one i wish they would air on raw well let's not whatever. get crazy here way um, do, do you have a predict? Well, maybe we'll talk more about that match tomorrow. Yeah, Tuesday yeah. Tuesday after SmackDown, we yeah. will go through the entire card. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we had a video on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns feud, just recapping that. Paul Heyman's on the phone backstage, and he tells them that it's going to be the brock gone. So I almost think that you were led to believe he was talking to Dana White here. Was that the inference? Well, he basically said at the end of in his last... At the, at the end... Oh, yeah, he pretty much said he's leaving. Yeah. Hope Brock will be saying hi to you from the UFC. Yep. Kurt Angle confronts him, needs the main event to stay intact. Heyman says no drama tonight. Kurt had no problem about this, you know, Heyman pretty much dangling this whole UFC stuff. Like, Kurt just, he's oblivious. Like, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you have some concern about... Kurt's like, yeah, I wanted to... Yeah, Brock's probably leaving for UFC. Oscar's going after a title on the other show. Eh. I, it's probably not under his jurisdiction, though. If a contract runs out, what's he supposed to do about it? Your champion. He could be leaving with the championship yeah. on Sunday. There's nothing that concerns you about that. It's probably like, hey, man, put in a good word for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Kurt just wants them to be civil tonight. And Heyman laughs when he tells him not to say anything to anger Reigns. And Kurt says that the whole world wants to see this match more than ever. So, Kurt, not, not a man that is going online for reaction. SmackDown commercial plugs that Shane McMahon will be on TV tomorrow night. Wild. Yeah, crazy. I don't understand. Isn't it strange how, like, we went from one week where we were, like, amazed at the return of Daniel Bryan to the ring as being sort of the big story of this WrestleMania to now, two weeks later, Shane McMahon's return is, like, the big return story <laughs> of this show. We'll see how he looks on Tuesday. Like, my... I've heard so little about this, like what's going on with mm-hmm. him that it's like, I cannot believe that this is anywhere near as serious as it's yeah. been portrayed. Yeah. And that's me purely speculating. Mm-hmm. I feel though he could at least make an entrance and be on the apron. Oh, I think Owens is like power bombing him tomorrow. <laughs> wow. All right. I think they're going to do something crazy. Okay. Um, I don't know if, if they're, if it's remotely, like diverticulitis with pending surgery. Mm. There's no excuse for this guy wrestling on Sunday, even in a limited capacity. The bar is in the ring. They say that on Sunday, they're going to have a tag match. Eventually, you have to tag someone in, and Braun is going to need to be on the same page as his partner and strategize, and they'll never be a real team. They're never going to get these titles. Braun comes out. He says it's right that he doesn't play well with others. He's been forced to get a partner. The bar tells him to bring out his partner. He will do so on the condition that the partner wants to face one of them. And he says, his partner is a lot like me, just a little different. And he goes to the back and out came Joseph Park. 
in the form <laughs> of Brains Strowman. Pretty clever. I like that. Kind of clever. Brains. In this uh, white dress shirt and glasses. Yeah. And they just all brawled around. There was a bro kick to Braun. He fought back and attacked them. And that was it. So the partner's going to be a surprise on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of the only interest in the match is like there's a surprise element to it. Uh, but this is like on a match, on a card that's so deep with matches, this one certainly lost in the shuffle, I would say. Yeah, certainly not a match of any, I think, uh, quality. But I think Braun's, you know, been one of their biggest stars this past year. And his role as WrestleMania should probably be, you know, some receive a lot of interest from this audience. We had a gold dust segment quoting the Princess Bride and Andre the Giant's character from the movie. And he's entering the Battle Royal and mentions that once he wins, HBO can make a documentary about him. And then we cut to a Matt Hardy promo, and he has been training with Argos of Ancient Greece and Goliath. All right. I thought maybe he was training with the Toronto team. Mm. It just made me think that a year ago, Matt Hardy was getting set to set ROH's paid attendance record and then have, I would say, the biggest moment of WrestleMania last year with the Hardy's return. Mm-hmm. And this year he is not doing either of those things. No. You know, this past year has been like a really uh, crazy year in terms of like false starts for this character. But once they finally got the character, I really can't say that they've done much of a job with with it in, in increasing its value. Like if anything, the value I feel has for, for this broken character has really decreased. And you can kind of see it here with Matt Hardy's big role being a part of the Andre Battle Royal. For what it's worth, they mentioned on Monday the first entrance for the 50-man Royal Rumble at the end of the month with mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, Kane. Big uh, show. Big show coming back, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. They didn't mention if Bray would be getting a makeover or not, just that Bray Wyatt will be appearing. Yes. yes, so those are the ones in. So and... so can we not expect Bray for this Battle Royal? I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, um, we got the new debut of the new character here. I wouldn't want to do it on the Battle Royal. Yeah. I would save it for after WrestleMania. I think I think that you you need to do something with him but to knowing their their willingness to like their their want to put everybody on the show. I could see Bray except debuting. John Cena. <laughs> I could see Bray debuting the new character. On in the battle royal just to you know eliminate Matt. I just think that to, the whole point of repackaging him is to get him back up and running. Yeah. That he could benefit from some promos and mm-hmm. save it, and mm-hmm. that will be an afterthought by the time the kickoff's over. Agreed. Um, I would save it. I mean, yeah, you, you the don't guys... really have a hook for this uh, battle royal otherwise. Not that you need one, but what's your what's your conclusion? Right? Did you not hear all the guys' careers that have been greatly yes. enhanced by yes. winning this? Right. Yeah. I mean, look at what uh, look at what Mojo got out of last year in the match that Braun lost. Alexa and Mickey with a selfie promo. These are not easy. Yeah, they're very tough, as uh, John and I found out. My phone broke. Face made for radio. Feels blubbering, blubbering in her blubber. Yeah, yeah, blubbering. Yeah. If ever there was a line that they didn't want to cross about fat jokes, it ended with this promo where they just... Flat out mm. made fun of Nia being fat. Yeah, yeah. But that's I, the story they're telling it, now. It really is. Like, and I think their justification is that we're presenting a very strong individual as the babyface here that mm-hmm. is 
sending a positive message against these bullies. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. It, it, I mean, in the end, it works. I think, like, Naya... People are into this feud. Yeah, it's a very simple story to get into. It really took him only a month to get, you know, this this crowd on so much for Naya and, and so against Alexa. Um, like, the teases of Naya getting her hands on Alexa, mm-hmm. like, the live crowd has reacted each time yeah. to those teases. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, um, it's, 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 it's not a deep storyline at all. No, it's, you know, but pretty, it's simple. It, and, and that's fine. You know, it, it's working. I think Alexa and Mickey are doing a, a really good Mean Girls act. And Naya is, you know, compelling as a sympathetic baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Piggy James has come full circle. Ahead, really? Yeah. John Cena comes out. 10 o'clock. Yes. John Cena's out. He said he was wrong. They are still out of, they are out of time, he says. Which I immediately thought, I'm like, oh my God, it's raw back to two hours? <laughs> no. He still has no answer. He did everything he could for The Undertaker to do something. He's going to WrestleMania as a fighter. And then right after said he's going as a fan. You can't go as both, right? He said that Michael Cole came up to him today and said, why don't you just enter the Battle Royal or be Braun's partner? And he explains why. He can't. He said, that makes no sense. I lost to Roman Reigns. I lost at the Survivor Series. I lost at the Royal Rumble. I lost at Elimination Chamber. And I lost at Fastlane. She made a hell of an argument of why this guy doesn't deserve anything at WrestleMania. And he'd be taking a spot from a full-timer. And wrestling The Undertaker would not be a match that holds anyone back. It would just be two larger-than-life superstars. What does that mean? You're ta- so you're not taking a spot from the roster if you f- fight The Undertaker? Let me let me tell John Cena a little lesson, okay? His, his basic thugonomics, this is basic economics, okay? Mm-hmm. I would encourage him to go read uh, Brandon Howard's story on Monday about ticket sales for WrestleMania. Very limited amount on Ticketmaster for WrestleMania. John Cena ain't sitting up in the cheap seats, okay? He's taking someone's spot, but it's a fan that would have a much better time in those expensive seats than the one that John is going to occupy. So he's taking someone's spot. These fans... That he says that's where he draws the line when the Undertaker disrespects them. Well, you're who whose seat are you taking at WrestleMania, John? Yeah, worried about taking spots. This guy couldn't get a spot in the Battle Royal. We have a finite number. Fucking Heath Slater is the bridge too far for John Cena to to cut off. Heath Slater's spot I, is I more important. I mean, I don't really understand the reluctance to, to simply say. I what what you've been saying for weeks now, you know, I my my dates are running out. I want these WrestleMania main events and I want a big WrestleMania main event. Even despite this, I've li- I kind of like this. Cuz it's like they, each week you've assumed you're getting the match and like I was like very engaged in this third hour sure. because yeah. you're all thinking they cannot go off the air without announcing this match. Anyway, we continue on. Uh, crowd is chanting for the undertaker and he's talking about all the changes that are going on for him in his life mentions one year ago to the day that he proposed to Nikki makes a joke that WrestleMania is the same day as Rusev day mentions that he's excited to watch Elias. He's happy for all the women's matches and that success is not based on gender. He tried to stir things up to get the undertaker's attention and then realizes 
he hasn't tried to summon the Undertaker here in Atlanta. And so we got, as was was dubbed online, the, the Tinkerbell moment, as he tried to get all the fans to clap, bring the Undertaker to life. And John is just playing cheerleader for this fan for this audience to get them to be louder. And culminates with him saying, Hot Lanta, if you want the lightning, you need to be the thunder. And for all this rallying, this really wasn't all that loud. It's a it's an audience that knows what's gonna happen. They were not gonna be manipulated here for mm. this program's gain. They chant the Undertaker again, and when they realize he's not coming, they booed. Cena said that's four straight weeks of fans pouring their hearts out and Undertaker doesn't have the decency to do anything. Cena's not going to stand for him ignoring the people. He said, you are a dead man walking. He said, you left your hat in the ring, but it's clear you left your balls at home. And the crowd starts chanting Cena. A straight Cena chant. Yeah. No dueling back and forth. His music plays... He's walking up the ramp. The The WrestleMania lower third comes up, and I thought they were taking a book out of TakeOver. It wasn't the end of the show credit, but it was like the end of the segment kind of uh, production. Yeah. And I thought for sure the lightning bolt was going to go off, but he just walked to the back, and mm-hmm. that was it. They're really playing with your expectations, with everybody's expectations. They are going to... Their goal with this is probably to take the most... I don't know, the most... Uh, the, the fan who thinks he's the most knowledgeable, who thinks that, uh, of course this match is happening. There's no way that this isn't going to happen. And they're going to make that person doubt the, whether or not this is going to happen. And uh, I guess they're going to go for it. They're going to delay this all the way until Sunday. You might as well now at this point. It's crazy. It is crazy. Like, this is really the punctuation on the... Like, of the, of the can you, like in the pay-per-view era, yeah. they would have not waited four weeks mm-hmm. before getting this out for the announcement of it. That I, I mean, I, I feel like... Is that going to make that... I mean, cer- certainly that makes a difference, but they are concerned about their network numbers too, right? Again, I just think it shows how confident they are in the brand of WrestleMania as well as the card itself to, to not announce this. Or maybe they just know that, hey, the audience expects this anyway if, if people are going to tune in to see if this match is going to take place. I would say if you don't announce it on Tuesday, it's complete insanity. There's no way they'll announce it if Cena's not there. On Tuesday. So on you Tuesday. So your belief is that people are going to tune in on Sunday not knowing they're going to get this match. Yes. I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy to not announce it on the go-home show. It, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're already into insanity. Yeah. So Cena will come out, and then I think the audience will will be expecting something. Do you think we get the American Badass or the uh, Classic Taker? Uh, Perhaps I th- Sans hat. I think we're going to get Booger Red Okay. coming out. Sure. Roman's in the locker room. Angle comes in. Says Cena versus Taker isn't happening. We can't lose this match, too. Can't lose Lesnar and Reigns. He spoke to Heyman about it. Lesnar is here. So Rain says, well, I'm not going anywhere then. So, by the way, so this segment tonight, as it was explained here, was that Brock and Heyman were going to come out during the last segment to talk. And Roman's role tonight was to watch this promo in the back. That was all he was scheduled for in Atlanta. Yeah. To come watch. Mm-hmm. Guys are flown in to do less. Hey, Le- Reigns does not take nights off. Yeah even if it's to watch on the monitor. Then we had the strangest part of this. He said, I respect you. So out of respect, I'll listen to Paul tonight. 
but I'm sick of the disrespect Lesnar has shown for the last six years. I'm not stupid. And if he's going out there, and he said, to tell uh, Heyman to take his peace treaty down to the same pawn shop where you sold your Olympic gold medals. Hmm. What would what did this mean? I'm not that sure. He's basically calling Kurt like, like it has been, and like poor. Yeah. Like he sold his gold medals, and this was right after saying how much he respects Kurt. Hmm. And then you threw in this weird line. I'll have to re-listen to it. It was. A, I don't fully get that one. It was a very strange line, unless hmm. you were. Like, it made Roman sound like such an asshole to this guy. And Kurt just, like, of course, with a thumb up his ass, just, what? Hmm. Like, he's the biggest doofus on this show. Elias is in the ring with a shawl and brags about another sold-out crowd chanting his name. Calls Atlanta a hellhole, and he just wants to bypass his town. It's interrupted by Slater and Rhino, who come out. Rhino's wearing an I Walk With Slater t-shirt, which he literally was doing here. And... Elias won with the drift away. Minute or so. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, Elias will probably just get a segment at the at Mania and totally fine. Braun's backstage. He meets Kurt Hawkins, who is wearing a shirt that reads, Pick Me Braun. Braun asks him about his win-loss record. He didn't have sure dog handy. And says, it's not great, but this could be his big break. So Braun threw him through a wall for the punchline. There's your big break. I thought this was amusing. Did they just, like, build this piece of drywall, like, the day of, or, or what? Um, Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's... I thought it was a funny set. I thought it was funny, too. Then we had a, a sit-down with Renee Young and Nia Jax. And I had totally forgotten about these sit-down segments that they would do with... Uh, Renee did some, Michael Cole did some, and they were always really good. Mm-hmm. And then they just stopped doing them. They used to put them on the, up on the website. And... Naya says that Alexa has emotionally taken her back to being insecure growing up. And then we got like 10 million potential slogans if she ever did a speaking tour. You define you. She just went through a dozen of these. Mm -hmm. Recently, she has been disappointed in herself. She thought Alexa was her best friend, repeated all the insults that Alexa said, and they shattered her confidence. And then said, I'm Nia Jax. I don't take this shit. And calls Alexa an insecure little girl, a pathetic little fly, and I will squash you like a bug. Yep. Simple. Again. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I don't really have much to... No, I think, Nia, I think Nia's been doing a good job of it. Uh, Alexa has been doing a good job of it. Alexa and Mickey James took on Asuka and Dana Brooke. This really put a spotlight on the female babyface situation. Is Dana a babyface? Like, she was just taunting Ronda the other week. She's Uh, just kind of like, whatever, right? I guess that was a dark match segment. I mean, she was attached with, like, Titus Worldwide, where that was kind of a babyface role. Have they dropped that? They did call her the statistician here. Uh, But now that you've kind of taken Sasha away from the babyface side, Mm -hmm. Bailey's still a babyface. But that's like it. Which, well, they'll be shaking up the roster. If so. you're Asuka, mm-hmm. and your undefeated streak is on the line, yeah, why are you teaming with this woman? You don't. You can't control how you're being booked. Does she not have any say in this? I'm guessing not. Maybe she just doesn't have any more friends. 
Alexa nails Dana in the lower back, and then they worked over Dana for... I, I don't know. I did. I was not uh, taking any statistics here, but it was a long time. Coachman asks if losing a tag match means the streak ends, and Michael Cole, without hesitation, yes. It ends the streak. So there you have it. Tag yeah. matches can end the streak. Even though she's already lost. She has tag lost matches. tag match. They continue to attack Dana. Finally, she makes the hot tag. Crowd woke up here for Asuka when she came into the ring. Hit a knee to the face of Mickey. Hip attack to Bliss. Slide and kick off the apron. And then Mickey comes off the turnbuckle, misses a Fez press. Asuka lock for the submission. Yeah, well, I mean, this was the... Uh, just, uh, I mean, Asuka's role is to look strong heading into the match with Charlotte. Uh, yeah, that's imagine. it. I don't know why she's kicking around on Raw. It just <laughs> she's feels... contractually obligated to. But I, I, I wonder if she'll... I, I, I could see her being on SmackDown tomorrow. They should do something I between so. the two. They really need, especially with Charlotte missing last week, like they need to do that final segment. Oh, she is. She's going to be in the Mixed Match Challenge. That's right. So she'll be so, there 100%. That's, that's your go-home segment, I guess. On the Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah, I guess so. I feel they should do some kind of promo on the show. It's just so few people are seeing that final afterwards. Uh, Then afterwards, Alexa and Mickey attacked Asuka. Nia runs down for the save. They ran. She catches Alexa. Again, crowd goes crazy here. Mm -hmm. She gets her hands on her. But Mickey jumps onto her back. And Mickey is left for dead here as Alexa watches from the ramp in fear. They got really... I mean, I don't want to say lucky, but like they, they got a really good crowd tonight. So they're already hot. And for a storyline like this, they, they seem pretty attached to it anyway. So I think the storyline's in good shape. Some good acting from both ladies here. Um, it, on the show, it's, it's you know, wrestling-wise, I don't think it'll have half the interest of, you know, Asuka versus Charlotte. But uh, I think they'll get they'll get some pretty decent reaction. Mickey's played a pretty important role in this whole whole thing. You know? I think she has to be part of the match oh, somehow. They've got to get the heat on yeah. Nia and It's a mismatch otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. Alexa, uh, or sorry, we go backstage. Lesnar is with Heyman. Angle goes up to them to remember what they said and Heyman says they will speak positively of Roman Reigns. Mixed match challenge promos. Bobby Roode asks, "Where have you been?" to Charlotte, and she just laughs. And then this is Bobby Roode's woo. Yeah. Bobby came back and said, let's talk about that strut of yours. You could learn a thing or two. And then we cut to Asuka and Miz. Miz goes to talk and then Asuka cuts him off, speaks in Japanese and is pointing to her teeth to mock Charlotte. What? She had her dental surgery last week and she's pointing to her teeth. Oh, okay. I'd love to know what she said in Japanese. I don't know what she said. Wow. Did Chris Charlton translate it? Uh, No. I doubt he's watching the Mixed Match Challenge. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out for the final segment. We've got the bar and every other Battle Royal dork here on the ramp. I know. I feel bad. Oh, God. I feel bad, especially for your tag team champions here who were playing bodyguards. I, 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 you know, if if it's Bo Dallas, if it's Curtis Axel, if it's... Uh, Heath Slater, that's totally fine. But I think somebody on the level of a Cesaro or Sheamus probably didn't need to be here. We always talk about, like, the line. Like, the the Miz Tourage was out here, but the Miz was not. Yes, of course. Like, if you are Cesaro yeah, I know. and you're told about this segment, mm-hmm. you know what this means. It means we designate you as a geek. Yeah. Do, you, would, ju- do you just say, yes, sir? This would be a week where I'd actually leave the building early so I don't get roped into something like this. God, you know what? I've, I've got a yeah. signing 
somewhere across town tomorrow morning. <laughs> I think the line should be anybody with a significant match coming up at the pay-per-view. And, I mean, not to say the bar have a significant match, but they have a match. Whereas, Matt Hardy wasn't out here, was he? Yeah, no, he wasn't. I didn't Gold see Goldust out here. Yeah. It should have been all the Battle Royal dorks. Exactly. You know, people like Titus who were here. You yeah. Know? Was Apollo out there? I don't remember. I don't think Apollo was. I don't remember. Anyway. So, Heyman and Lesnar are out. And you got the guys on the ramp forming the human wall. And Heyman just mocks Kurt Angle for the precautions he's taken. They bring up the last time WrestleMania was in New Orleans, ending the Undertaker's streak when everyone thought he wouldn't. And Heyman said it was a spoiler when he said Lesnar would beat him, not a prediction. And he says that the only two men to hold victories over the Undertaker will collide this Sunday. Everyone thinks it's Reigns' destiny to defeat Lesnar, and you have to respect Reigns and his family's bloodline, his string of victories, and his bad assery. But he says this Sunday, Lesnar's going to F5 Reigns and beat him 1-2-3, and that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. And says if somehow Lesnar breaks his hand, blows out his knee, or slips on a banana peel and loses, you will never see the two of us on Monday Night Raw ever again. Hmm. He said that Brock will be saying hello from the UFC and that this image that has been crafted of Brock Lesnar since 2002 as the guy that looks down on the locker room, the fans, chooses when he fights, who he fights, this whole image is 100% true. Mm -hmm. Fuck you all. He says there isn't one member of the locker room that can hold his jock, much less take his title. And Roman Reigns' options at WrestleMania are like his ass. And both are owned by Lesnar. Yeah. It's a hell of an ownership stake. Mm -hmm. Reigns will have to go home to his family, tell them he was defeated and conquered by Lesnar. He's not the big dog against Lesnar. It's not his yard. He's one more notch on his title belt. And Reigns is Brock Lesnar's bitch. How did you think about Heyman's promo, first of all? I, again, like he is probably the best, but for some reason, I just I'm I'm I find myself tuning out more and more, and I just think the act is stale. I think you know the visually, I think the act is stale. I mean, Brock's been champion for a year, um, and I can't say he's had too many mm, I don't know memorable segments on Raw, um, some great physical angles, but these. Talking promos, just I think the Brock Lesnar act has kind of run its course over the past two or three years. So, uh, again, great job from, from Paul, but I personally find myself kind of mm, losing interest. I, I enjoyed this promo. I thought it was pretty good. I really liked the addition of, like, there is something at stake here beyond just the, the title. The idea that... I actually feel like the title's not made more mention of. Like, it's not important enough in a feud like this. Like, when has Roman really stated, you know, his desire to be champion? He just wants to be a full-timer. That's, that's his, his goal in life. Reigns comes out. The wall is blocking him. And he says, you full-time talent are protecting that part-time bastard? Mm -hmm. If the guy was sticking around, part-time bastard would have a great t-shirt run. Mm. They all can convene and they're like, yeah, go ahead, Roman. <laughs> Yeah. Kurt's authority at work here. Yeah. And they square off in the ring. Lesnar bails to the floor. He gets a chair and returns. This was like Sid leaving and coming back with a squeegee for Pillman. 
And then Lesnar lays him out, or sorry, Reigns lays him out with a total of five Superman punches. Brock had a chair and Roman just punched through. Like he didn't hit the chair, but like he, so the, the idea is that Roman Reigns on his own without a weapon is strong enough to get a Superman punch onto Brock Lesnar with a chair. Worse, he's got a weapon at the end of his arm. That's right. Yes, he is a weapon. The Superman Brock punch. Is just a man. The Superman punch is stronger than a chair. Yeah, it is. Yes, yes. Lesnar's selling, I thought, was tremendous. Here, he was stumbling around like he had just been knocked out. Yeah, stumbling around the place, and then Lesnar briefly looks at the title. Lesnar comes back from the dead, hits the F five onto the title, and the idea was he survived five Superman punches. And was able to come back and still hit the F5, which if he does one F5, he'll be able to beat Roman on Sunday at WrestleMania. And the show ended. Way yes. better than the tug of war the two had three years ago to go off the, oh, on the go on show. I don't remember that. They're both holding on to the title back and forth, <laughs> and it was one of the worst visuals wow. ever. Whether or not, um, you know, the crowd will be on the side of Roman Reigns and against Brock Lesnar during the match... I, I can't really say for sure. It, it, it's always a bit of a gamble, in my opinion. But I will say that I think they've done a good job portraying Roman as the hard-working everyman locker room leader here, and Brock is the spoiled part, part-timer. Uh, I think the audience, by this point, you can hear him chanting, let's go Roman. Uh, and granted, like that could be completely different come WrestleMania. You know, like the next morning we could wake up and be like, oh yeah, we hate this guy. We're, we're going to go to WrestleMania to boo him. And, and it could totally change. But I would say, I feel like in segments like this, they've done a good job. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there of like, I understand what they've been trying to do with Roman. But it's like, even the one line about Kurt and like taking his gold medals to the pawn shop, it's like, that, that's confusing. Very confusing. But I don't think it has that, that much impact on this. No, but I think it just, it kind of just, like, you have such a clear direction of what you're trying to do with this guy and make him come across as representing the whole locker room. And here you just have such a stupid line like that scripted for him. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fairly pro Lesnar crowd on Sunday. And, yeah, you've kind of... It's not really being talked about uh, with, with Brock Lesnar. But, it, mm-hmm. like, at the very least, I see him going away after Sunday. Yeah, certainly. And if not... Uh, Permanently, yeah, perhaps. So that was the end of the show. What did you think in terms of a uh, raw, the final raw? Um, hmm. If you tune into this raw expecting to see the Undertaker or the reveal of Braun Strowman's partner or anything like that, I think you would have come across early pretty disappointed. This was a show where you basically were reminded of a lot of the matches that were taking place, but I don't think you necessarily needed to watch this one. Uh, the Ronda angle maybe was a big thing. The Lesnar thing at the end didn't necessarily move things forward. Um, so largely it was skippable. Am I forgetting anything big? Yeah, the Alexa Nia stuff, I wouldn't say it was major. You didn't need to watch that. Like this has been a WrestleMania, I'll say, where they haven't gone overboard with the creative for all the matches to sure. the point where it's like you're just sick of the match before yeah. it's even taken place. Like, this is a pretty good WrestleMania card on yes, paper. Yes, yes. I think it's going to be a very good show mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, like, I, I think that they've done, overall, a pretty satisfactory job. Like, I give this overall build-up, like, B+. plus. Like, I think that they've... I think the Danielson mm-hmm. stuff has really helped this year a lot. 
Now, do you think that's storyline, or is it just basically real a real life situation? You know, coming to fruition at WrestleMania. I'll put it this way: I don't think the creative has taken a average match and made it so anticipated. This isn't like we have like last year the the Cena and Nikki Bella match with the Miz and mm-hmm. Maurice that started at a zero mm-hmm. and ended up really. The promos built it up so well. Mm-hmm. In this case, you've had a lot of matches that from the get go. People want to see Oscar yep. Charlotte, AJ and Nakamura, mm-hmm. um, the the mixed tag with, with Ronda and Kurt, um, even Lesnar Reigns. Like I think it's going to be a good match. Um, mm-hmm. That you've had a lot of stuff where you're starting with a level of interest and you haven't screwed that up. You haven't had awful storylines that have brought your interest down. I think they've at least moderately enhanced your interest for the matches and maybe in some a lot. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a build that's stabilized the card rather than necessarily uh, promoted it or decreased interest. AJ and Nakamura, I think that they could have done a lot more with, mm-hmm. specifically with Nakamura. At the same time, I didn't have a lot of faith that they if they had really honed in on that. I think that they could have turned people off of Nakamura to a degree Perhaps. that maybe just. <laughs> throwing them out there cold, well, which is what that match feels yeah. like. Feels like this guy won the rumble and he's facing his dream opponent. What, That's it. Well, what does it say when like your grade of them doing a good job is them not doing anything? Sometimes restraint should be rewarded <laughs> just as much as actual yeah. work being done. Mm. It's what mm. you didn't do. That sometimes is the key difference. And hey, for Kurt and Rhonda and Hunter and Stephanie, like those video features. The like, videos have been great. The live performances, not as much. Mm. It's been uh, the the taped stuff was significantly better, but I don't think they did have done bad jobs. Whether it was for the initial setup of the match, even the face off tonight, like save for the table spot, I think overall they didn't fine. Like what, I mean, I'm not necessarily like this is not Rock versus Austin, okay? From WrestleMania. 17. No, you have nothing like that. You have not. You have. I'll put it this way: there's no match on this card that feels. It's a strong card to begin with. Yes, like this. This, to me, would not be your million-buy show if this were on traditional pay-per-view. Like, I don't feel it has the juice for that, even with Ronda. So let's go to the feedback now. Um, There's a bit of it, so we will try and get to as much as we can. Let us see what people thought of the go-home Raw heading into WrestleMania. Scale of 1 to 10, you voted a 5.16. Barely a pass. Mm -hmm. Carl from the UK. So if John and Way were to present a Slammy Award to the best-built match leading into WrestleMania, which program would it be? So let's go through it. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Owens and Zayn. Angle, Ronda versus Triple H, Steph. Uh, the Usos, New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers. Cesaro and Sheamus taking on Braun Strowman and To Be Announced. Flair, As- Asuka, Bliss, and Jax. Orton, Rude, Mahal, Rusev. Miz versus Rollins and Balor. AJ versus Nakamura. Brock versus Roman. Cedric versus Mustafa. Battle Royal, Battle Royal. If I'm if I'm only able to give out one award, I'm to the build, not, not to the, the build. matchup. Yes. To the build. Then I'm going with um I, I'm going with the, the Danielson tag. I think his promos have been uh exceptional. Hmm. And I think the largely that's been the focus of SmackDown, has been all of this stuff with Shane, Owens, and Zane. Um that'd be one, followed by the mixed tag too. I feel like uh, as far as like a logical, you know, build, um, certainly like when you think about it, the Owens and Zayn one with Daniel Bryan is is the one with the longest amount of time, whether or not they intended to build it for a long time or not. 
So I think I agree with you there. But I also feel like, you know, with the, the, the two Royal Rumble winners uh, coming, you know, to, to their WrestleMania championship matches has been... I'm not going to give it to, to AJ and Nakamura. Um, yeah. yeah. I Charlotte guess I, I guess and Asuka, I, I feel beyond the challenge... I, I feel mm-hmm. like they've just left it at that. Yeah. I think they've just banked on people looking at this first time match. Not and that's enough. Not looking at it. And this build is kind of sucked, actually. Like what, 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 you know, this is a card that I think could have existed with like a month or like two weeks notice. And you would largely arrive at similar results of, or at least a similar interest level. Yeah. I mean, there've been years though, where it's just, I feel they've taken great scenarios and they've made the the creative has made it worse. Mm. And I can't say that for the majority uh, of this lineup for the key stuff. Yeah. Um, All right. So we give it to Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Owens and Zane. We're sending them a sticker in the mail. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. We got a Ken who says Jonathan Coachman's commentary reminds me of when I go to my grandmother's house and she's watching some awful show like Big Bang Theory and complains that the antagonists of the show are whiny. Like, yeah, grandma, that's the point. We call that evoking an emotional response in the biz. I don't know. Hearing him ask stupid questions about Rhino's t-shirt and other really silly pointless observations throughout the show is just kind of painful. All right. By the way two big renewals this past week. Not only is Roseanne getting a second season, Riverdale getting a third season. Oh, okay. Friday night, Paul Isenby was back on Riverdale. Wow. I say Friday night because that's when I watched it, but yeah. Roseanne like did really well. 18 million people watched that. And that's Tuesday? Tuesdays. So head to head. As you do, as you bring back your total divas slash Bella's review, I might start doing a recap of Roseanne for folks out there. I mean, why not? That's the show. That's the the one sitcom I'm going to watch. Okay. Roseanne. They've hooked me. Um, let's go down here to Jesse from The Six. John, you mentioned that you think Styles Nakamura could close the show. Should, should, should close the show. I agree. But do you actually believe there's any chance of that happening? After tonight's show, I really feel like Reigns and Lesnar's closing the show. Yeah, I feel like that possibility is dwindling as this build is concluding. And I don't necessarily feel like AJ versus Nakamura is receiving the focus that, you know, we probably wanted it to. Uh, it certainly feels like on their scale, a smaller match than Reigns and Lesnar. So I, I predict Reigns and Lesnar as well. I hope they don't do one of those deals where they open the main show. Oh, God, I would hate that. They've done that before. Yeah, I would really hate that. The show is so long that I feel more confident they're going to get 25 minutes, which mm-hmm. I think is what that match needs. Yeah. Um, now, I don't necessarily see it. If it's not going to main event, I don't think it'll be second from the top. I feel like I feel like you'll have a women's main event. Do you do then... hour three or hour four of the main <laughs> show? Or hour five. <sighs> many, Jeez. many choices. I know. But, um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Uh, he goes on to say Roman's match will be the main event just like it was last year and the year before that and the year before that, just like it will be for the next five to ten years barring injury. Last week you went over some of the stats and suggested Roman is not a bad choice to be the top babyface, but is he any better a choice over guys who are better than he is in the ring, guys like Rollins, Styles, Nakamura, or Balor? Or better yet, why does the same guy have to main event every WrestleMania? Because that's how Vince McMahon books wrestling. It's how he books Cena and it's how he booked Hogan and it's boring. First of all, I, my, the criticism of Roman Reigns to me is just, listen, I, I don't believe he would be my choice as my number one baby face, mm-hmm. but 
I, I think that he's... I don't think he deserves all the criticism that he gets. Like, to say that he's an awful wrestler, I just don't... I, that doesn't hold water with me. Is he an awful wrestler for the push that he's being given? Meaning, shouldn't your best wrestler, best on the mic, whatever, what have you, shouldn't that person receive the spot? And you see that person. And, it, 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 you know, for that matter, anybody who doesn't fit that role of being the best in either speaking or wrestling, should that person have that role? You could argue his matches get the biggest reactions typically consistently i would say that's largely i mean yes again he's a good wrestler but i would say that a reason for that is because he is pushed the hardest yeah you can you know it's uh, you could go either way how's business, like, though? how's business with him i mean business is pretty good but i don't i don't credit one person with that either right. um i think that mm-hmm. that's you know, you can look at different house show trends, the ones that he's leading. I think for raw house shows that he's leading, he deserves some of that credit. But like the network number, mm-hmm. it's over two million. I'm not attributing that to Roman Reigns on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. Yeah, I imagine there are factors that maybe you, you know, the public doesn't necessarily see as well. Like with somebody like a John Cena, it's his ability to, you know, stay large, largely stay healthy, to make all the dates, to to probably be on time and be great in in interviews on on in public forums uh, and things like that. Perhaps there are these kind of things that we don't necessarily know about Roman Reigns that they know mm-hmm. that make him a qualified fit. I do feel that Roman winning this title, and we say it every single year about the heel run. I think that. It would convert a lot of people to get into this guy, and I think there's a l- endless list of opponents for him yeah. as a heel. Yeah, and I don't understand their aversion to just going with it, knowing that I feel eight months down the road you'll have a babyface in Roman Reigns mm-hmm. in a, in a different route. Anyway, uh, my turn. We go to uh, MJ, who says. This is really nitpicky, but why can't they interview Naya in normal clothes? Yeah, she wasn't her gear for that sit down. Yeah. No, it looks... Maybe it's comfortable. It's it's the only stuff she wears, I guess. Plus, she was going to come out later on, so she was probably already dressed. Braun is laugh out loud funny. Also, props to Ronda taking a bump like that, but haters will say it looked bad. I really think they'll beat her night one because the future money is in a Steph and Ronda one-on-one matchup after Triple H pins Kurt. Question. Single match. Are you looking forward to... Which singles match are you looking forward to seeing live most this week? Also, please explain how videos will work on the Patreon. Do I need to log in somewhere other than my main feed? So, uh, as we explained earlier, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that first. So, the Lens option is actually available now for all patrons. So, we'll be trying this out. Lens is basically their new Snapchat feature. Uh, so, we'll be posting photos and there'll be and, and, and brief videos. We're not going to bootleg all these shows that we, we attend live. Uh, but they'll be available on the Patreon website, patreon.com slash postwrestling for all members for 24 hours, for a 24-hour period. Uh, and then you can watch it from the website, or if you download the Patreon app, you can follow us that way as well. Um, in terms of match I'm most looking forward to, I've got to say the, the Rev Pro show, on the yeah. th- that's the first show we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tomohiro Ishii. I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to that. That was supposed to have Matt Riddle versus Will Ospreay as well, correct? Uh, that's got Kota Bushi, Shane Strickland, and Flip Gordon against Will Ospreay, Chucky e. T, and oh. Rocky Romero. Um, we don't have an update yet on Will Ospreay. Um, I was told on Monday that he had contacted the different promoters li- stating that it is up in the air to mm-hmm. you know, basically 
giving them a heads up that yeah. he's got to get checked out. And he was, hey. I, I put the whole list of matches he was scheduled for. I think off the top of my head, he's scheduled for six matches this weekend. It would be disappointing to not see him, but I mean... For his I, own health, I, it's I, probably I, the best choice. I don't know if I'd enjoy a Will Ospreay match with him doing Will Ospreay things, knowing you know what the guy just like went through. So That visual is going to be burned in my head for a long time. Yeah. But I wonder like what all these promo- promoters have as as a replacement for him. They're going to be scrambling. Mm-hmm. And another thing uh is all the medicals, like all these guys have to have medicals done and that's going to probably like just given this industry, there's mm-hmm. going to be guys that are going to be leaving it right down to the wire to yeah. get all their stuff done that mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't stun me if there's some shows where you have to move stuff around because some guy didn't get his medicals done or there's an issue getting his license it's like there's all that stuff to to worry about too if you're a promoter mm-hmm. uh, but man there's just there's so much great stuff going on this weekend yeah. it's really hard to like the WWN super shows by the way um, access has added uh, they're doing four tournaments spread out over the four days they're doing a women's invitational tournament an nxt tag team uh north american tournament and a uk tournament so the winners of all these tournaments are going to be getting title shots on the sunday morning of access they're also working with evolve uh progress uh there's going to be a Cassius Ono versus Keith Lee match at one of the sessions. Access, wow. There's going to be a Cassius Ono versus Walter match at one of the sessions. It is really interesting because I see it as almost their way of trying to take a bite out of the the rest of the promoters that are uh, trying to take a piece of the WWE pie. This is crazy. Okay, this yeah. is Sunday morning. Okay, the session starts at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the matches start, but you're going to have Pete Dunne against the UK Invitational winner. The NXT North American champion, who, mind you, will have just done a ladder match the night before and then is wrestling Sunday morning at Access. That's insane. NXT tag champions, whoever wins that on Saturday night, faces the tournament winner. And then you'll have a Progress Women's Tag Title and Championship match and a WWN Championship match Sunday morning. If you don't feel seven hours is enough at WrestleMania, you can watch a bunch of matches at Access. So, Are those for tapings or, or just for the show? I would hope crowd. that they tape a yeah. lot of this stuff and just throw it up on the network at mm-hmm. some point. Because, yeah, they're using Evolve talent, Progress talent. That is incredible. Yeah, and so it's the first time they've made Access, I would say, of interest to a fan that is going to all the non-WWE stuff to at least consider going to access. So now if you are uh, an indie and if this is successful for access this year, should you be concerned next year if the WWE doubles down on on something like this and makes access sort of your go-to place to not just, you know, go to their convention, but to see great independent talent that's in the city? I think that it's going to be a given that access, this is the next evolution of access, Mm. which we've always said is something that, Go for it once, but you don't have to go again. They're changing that. Mm -hmm. And I think this will become a staple where access is going to be their answer to so many of the non-WWE shows that are out there. And more importantly, I think next year, you could try and get guys for exclusives. Mm -hmm. And... And that becomes tough if you're if you're a Keith Lee. This is the most lucrative weekend of the year for you. Yeah. Is WWE next year going to try and entice non-contracted talent mm-hmm. to work for them exclusively that weekend mm-hmm. and promise them, say, four matches over the weekend? Yeah, even if you're not making as much money as you would on the indies, I mean, I think a lot of these guys are going to look at it like their tryout matches for the WWE. Sure. So... 
Very interesting. I would love to see Cassius Ono with Walter and Keith Lee. Yeah. I mean, those will be those should be great matches. I really hope. It's so bizarre though to think that it's going to take place at Access next next to like the John Cena ball pit. Well, that's it. It's like, like who is the audience for these they're, matches? They're very small crowds, and like there are people walking in and out, not necessarily playing paying complete attention to them. The atmosphere will certainly be very different. But yeah, people I could know see that because Sunday morning where all those matches are, and it's the culmination of the tournament winners getting their title matches. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going on Sunday morning that I think you're going to have probably a big like this audience that has watched all this wrestling I think they'll squeeze in another show Sunday morning because you're announcing this so few days out where everyone has scheduled where they're going and bought their tickets Mm -hmm. that kind of spring in this on people that that, I think there'll be a lot of demand for that Sunday access instead of seven hours maybe you'll get 12 dude people are going to do it on that Sunday Uh, anyway that's some of the stuff. All of it uh, up, by the way, postwrestling.com. There's a tab at the top, and all the cards are listed with all the matches um, and links if you want to buy tickets as well. So there you go. Let us go and move on to, I'm going to skip down here, to Brandon from Oshawa. This was another week show made even weaker by the fact it was their go-home show. There was nothing that we needed to see before WrestleMania. I'm slightly intrigued by how Cena Taker will end up going down, though. I don't get why they can show a Goldust promo and have a useless match hyping a meaningless battle royal, but they can't show the incredible Mustafa Ali promo to hype the Cruiserweight title match. If they weren't going to hype that match at all, they should have left them off Raw last week as well. I really hope it airs on 205 Live. It is a very good promo, mm-hmm. and it is not like we are... We're not subjected to a time limit on 205 Live, and God knows that there's not going to be anything uh, that's going to be more effective than that promo. They've aired all the previous Mustafa Ali Twitter promos, so I'm sure they'll air this one. I mean, it was on their .com, so... I, I, I look forward to Cedric uh, Cedric's rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think those two are just... They're doing some great work, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to watch it, but it's good they'll get that headlining spot for the kickoff. I think it's about as good as you can expect for them. We got a Jay from Colorado who says, uh, oh, he's asking who do you think will headline this year? Okay, let's go to Tom who says, uh, how sustainable are these long WrestleManias? I can't see casual fans sitting down continuously to watch five hours of wrestling on a Sunday every year. Listen, the burnout question or burnout topic will be in full force Sunday. How long are Super Bowls? I mean, not seven hours if you're just tuning in for the game. Like you can, how long, your, how long is the game plus the halftime show? The the game starts around six thirty, yeah, and it's usually done by ten ten thirty. Okay, that's so that's four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. This is not that WrestleMania different. four and a half would be fine. This is seven, dude. That's including the kickoff, though. Most people, I assume, are, are not going to come for the kickoff. People will have their parties and they'll be like, "Hey, show up at seven o'clock. That's when the show starts." Uh, I feel once the first match starts. I consider that the start of the event, which is like 5.30. That's not their advertised start time, though. You know? I, I think... the I'm thinking about your casual fan. The casual fan who's tuning in for Ronda will probably show up at 7 or a little after 7. Yeah, but we're not talking really about... The casual fan is the guy watching a couple shows a year. I'm talking yeah. about even your, your hardcore base that mm-hmm. is just... Even this is pushing their limit. Yeah, sure. Um, I think there's some of that. Like once we're getting into seven hour territory, have you watched WrestleManias with like non fans who just like happen to drop by your place like for for the day to watch? No, I have. No, yeah, I have. And uh, I don't know. People, it's a chore. Like it really is. If you're not up to up up to the storylines, if you don't watch wrestling in general, and and you're watching it all for the first time, actually, I'll say like some people really get into it. But I think for other people who are just maybe perhaps tuning in for Ronda Rousey, 
Um, I don't know if, if a lot of people will have the patience to like sit through <laughs> Bobby Roode and Randy Orton and uh, <laughs> Jinder Mahal, you know? So uh, what, what do you do after you watch a seven hour WrestleMania? Oh, well, then the next night's the three hour show. What? Three hours is their weekly show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we do another two the next night. But that said, I, I think we're also at a time now where people are giving wrestling a chance more than ever. And so who knows? Maybe somebody watching for the first time will love it. Like, I think a lot of people watched last year. And didn't somebody, like, write an article? Like, a non-fan saying that they that are, they watched WrestleMania for the first time and they absolutely loved it? So, it depends on the fan, I suppose. Yeah, it does. Um, but I'm sure that there is going to be that fatigue factor. Mm-hmm. Um this this Sunday with mm-hmm. a, with a lot of people, uh, Mark from Vaughn disappointing Raw despite the crowd heat. I think SmackDown will do a better job tomorrow. I can live with getting Brock Roman again, but there was no ingenuity in the build. Totally lazy with nothing new or fresh when compared to 2015. What do you think the rationale was for keeping the Undertaker off TV? Was it just a matter of having no creative and knowing the Mania name sells itself, and it should be obvious to a trained viewer that the match is happening? Just seems odd to not have a single rebuttal from Undertaker to have people juiced for Sunday with an image in mind to look forward to. Bizarre usage of Cena in the past year. I just think it's a something different that they're not restrained by the pressures of pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. They can do this. This show is not living and dying based on this match being announced. And I think most are expecting it. And I think Monday, uh, it was kind of just something different. The fact that they didn't have him show up. I, I mean, wouldn't have been my call. I would have wanted Monday to go off the air. You know that that match is happening. You want to have... Like, I'd want to have three weeks of hard build of the two of the biggest characters in history having that match on on Sunday. Um, and they've opted to do it this way. 205 Live. Yeah, maybe The Undertaker is in the final scene of Blockers that comes out on Friday. Oh, with Cena. that looks good. He looks funny in it. Yes. No? Um, Disagree? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> you and I can uh, go watch it in New Orleans. Maybe that'll be a Patreon review okay. in the future. Yes. Uh, okay, we got Eddie from Charleston, South Carolina. This Raw was terrible like last week. Or sorry, this Raw wasn't terrible like last week, but nothing stood out outside of a strong Balor-Rollins ma- match. As John pointed out on Twitter, anyone paying for the network at this point is a fool. The Ronda table bump was good, but her selling afterwards was questionable. Hopefully she gets some more reps at the Performance Center this year. Lorenzo from the 505. This episode was a pretty standard go-home. The opening of Raw was kind of boring, and Rousey needs to work on her delivery. She's new, I know. I couldn't help but laugh when Rousey did want to see Sasha and Bailey go at it in the Rumble. Maybe the final two. I don't know what that means. Uh, I can't wait for the TakeOver and Mania. What match from either show has the best chance to be the best match? We've talked extensively about WrestleMania. It's, It's AJ Nakamura. Right? I would say so. Yeah. Like, what else? I think that, yeah, really. Is there anything um, uh, takeover-wise? Um, I think Gargano and Ciampa yeah. has a great chance the, the to be match could something be, special. Could be amazing. The ladder match. Yeah. Um, again, like, TakeOver, there's no dead matches on mm-hmm. those TakeOver cards, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a phenomenal show on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, okay, we go to James in Boise, who says, I'm kind of disappointed for being a, a Mania go-home Raw. Hopefully the SmackDown side will deliver with some urgency, and I do think their side of the card is slightly better. I was expecting Ronda to be a bit more believable on the mic since her first appearance. Love him or hate him, you all have to admit that The Miz is the best heel in the company, and I think that I see three-way as a sleeper to steal the show at Mania. Mm, that's that's high expectation. We'll see. Um, 
So uh, one person asked about Big Show. Uh, he was ringing the opening bell at the New York Stock Exchange on Monday and did an interview stating he just signed a new multi-year contract in January. He's not retiring, but indicated his new deal will also include other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, not going into detail about them. He's been added for the 50-man Royal Rumble. So I guess it's possible that he's in the Battle Royal yep. on, on Sunday. Whoever it is, it is an entrance. That, it, it is supposed to be a visual that I think will will elicit a big reaction. And, mm. and, you know, you either go really big or you go really small. Yeah. I don't think that he would be the right choice for Braun's partner. Um, I'm curious who they have in mind. I am. It's an option you could go with. I just feel that they're going to go some comedy route with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be something notable. But, hey, maybe it will be. Um, it's obviously the opening to do a surprise on the show. Chris... From Florida writes, uh, disappointing go-home show for Mania. Great crowd, though. I honestly can't find much good to say about the show. The Cena promo was great, impassioned, but at the same time, same time, robotic in a way that contrasts. It was both impassioned and robotic together. Hmm. Can a promo be both? An impassioned I mean, robotic it, promo. If you're a robot who's programmed to cut passionate promos, then yes. I do see what he means, though. Yeah. John Cena does have that ability to yes. do both. Well, Dolph does. Uh, yeah, no, not bad comparison. He was doing his level best to pander to that crowd, though. It's kind of amusing in its obviousness. Bad Raw aside, I'm excited for Mania, and I think this year's Mania is going to be great. Ash from India, very disappointing Raw. Undertaker didn't show up. We don't know who Braun's partner is. Bailey is still fighting Absolution, and Roman bored us with his lifeless backstage interaction with Kurt Angle. Only things worthwhile were the absolute barn burner between Seth and Finn and the Mrs. Witty retorts on commentary. And the last one is Addy, who writes, I thought that Roman's come on, guys, he's a part-timer line to convince his fellow wrestlers to clear a path for him was B-movie-level storytelling. This entire Roman-Brock buildup has been very lacking, yet the fans seem to be very hot for it. I don't get it. My question to y'all is, what champion do you think has the highest likelihood of defending their belt between Alexa, Charlotte, AJ, and Brock? That's a good question. Okay, let's go. Uh, Alexa... Um, I'll say she loses the title. I don't necessarily... She has to, really. Like, It would be a repeat of that, that Booker T Triple H angle if like Nia Jax does not come up the victor. I can see a story. lot of title changes here. I oh, see yeah. I see Oscar beating Charlotte. Well, in the end, WrestleMania is supposed to be your culmination of uh, you know the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And, and for that to happen, the hero has to win the prize. So, uh, I'll say AJ retains. Over Nakamura, I I have I could say that too. Yeah, of all the title reigns, I think AJ could be the one that keeps. Yes, and I say Brock drops to Roman. So three of the four, mm-hmm. I see changing hands there, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's there's a million title matches on this show. I think there's like nine altogether. I mean, are we so sure that Asuka and Flair is a lock? Because I mean, the expectation, yes, with everybody is that Asuka wins, but could they do some type of fit, weird finish that'll prolong the feud into another one? Because this is a it's it's a it's a match that could, you know, turn into a trilogy, perhaps. I would want to keep Asuka unbeaten for the Ronda match. Yeah. I think that that's an obvious one to get but, to. But let's say uh, a DQ, you know, or something like that. Does that count? Mm. It would suck to do a DQ yeah. at Mania, I know. Yeah. Or like a double double pin, you know. Um, like I, I, I'll put it this way, though. I don't, I don't discount the idea of them beating Asuka on Sunday either, though. In the same building oh, as Undertaker. so stupid. Like, I think it'd be so stupid until you do that Ronda match. Yeah, uh, the same with me. Like, uh, 100%. I would be saving that and 
yeah, that would be my match, whether it be SummerSlam, whether you could hold it off for a year. I mean, mm. that could be really big by the time you get there. Yeah. And just retell the Asuka story of just dominating the division. Mm. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, we are going to be back on Tuesday night. One more show before we take off to New Orleans. Tuesday night, we'll have reviews of SmackDown and the final 205 Live before WrestleMania. Yeah, exciting. Don't know um, if I'll have time to watch Roseanne on Tuesday. It's going to be just too busy way. Too <laughs> and busy. also the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge. That's right. Yes. That's right. It's all come down to this. The Miz and Asuka against Charlotte and Bobby yeah. Roode. The returning Charlotte. I would say probably if you, if you haven't tuned in, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say this one is worth tuning into either, but it will probably be uh, all a setup for Asuka and Charlotte for WrestleMania. And if you're a real glutton, I think they're replaying all of the... Mixed Match Challenge matches? I Maybe they're doing that on Thursday when it debuts. I, I shouldn't say. I'm, I'm I mean, I'll say, right like, now. sometimes the network is just, like, a really nice thing to have on in the background. I wouldn't tell anybody to, like, make an effort to sit through all these yeah. tournament matches, though. They just added 37 episodes of WWE Saturday Night to the network from 92. Okay. Wow, did you hear about that on this Raw? Uh, you know what? It's just not important. You though. joke about that, yeah. but for a company that was so obsessed tonight with that number, it's like... Why upload them then? Mm. Why upload them? Yeah, true. Yeah. Why? You can't even give me 60 seconds of why I should watch that. Hmm. Like, just have some little, you who's, know. Who's watching it is what I want to know. Who's watching a Saturday WCW Saturday nights? You know what? We're, we're talking to an audience that is going to invest seven hours of their time on Sunday. That is Sunday. true. A lot of people have been asking us to review WCW Thunder episodes. Oh. and. I'd rather watch Saturday Night than Thunder. I'll leave that to Brian and Nate. All right. Okay, that's going to wrap up the show. Postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. Sign up. You'll be getting all of our bonus shows this week. Mm-hmm. It's a huge week yeah. here at the site. I want to say uh, also, like, because we'll be doing the lens for everybody, for Double Double patrons, we'll be coming out with some other, you know, show ideas. Like this edition of, of uh, Rewind to Raw, you'll be able to see in video form if you're a Double Double patron. And we're playing with some different ideas, too, for the video tier that we'll uh, release throughout the, the month. Yes. Yeah. So. We've got some cool ideas post WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, for those of you that are yeah. members of we'll the Post Wrestling Cafe. Yeah, we'll shoot some updates when we're down there, too. All right, that is it. We'll, we will speak with you Tuesday night.